Welcome to Vanguard Radio. The Aryan Alternative. News and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Issue 2 is available now. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. Welcome to Goy Fire. We have a lot to talk about tonight. We'll be talking about uh, a white girl murdered in Aruba, Monkey Jackson moonwalks, Izzy sells red chinks military hardware, Franklin is arrested, Jew Melman is the head of the Republican Party, TNB, as always, has its own section, and prehistoric monuments found in Europe. Our top story tonight revolves around the finding of 18-year-old Natalie Holloway's body, who was murdered during a trip there. Finding Natalie Holloway is currently Aruba's number one goal, the country's prime minister said Thursday, after three more suspects were arrested in connection with the American tourist disappearance. Holloway was on a five-day graduation vacation with 124 classmates and seven chaperones when she disappeared without a trace. The Alabaman was last seen at a local bar about 1.30 a.m., getting into a car with three islanders she'd apparently befriended. Now, Chain, uh, I know you've, you've been digging deeper into this story. There's also been previous cases of white girls being abducted and murdered in Aruba. What can you say about this case? Well, it continues to dominate media the way Terry Schiavo did. I'm more interested in this because it does involve the disappearance of a white girl. And uh, the case I think you're making reference to was the one of Amy Bradley, who disappeared in 1998. And Stan has put online my interview with her dad, Ronald L. Bradley. Amy was found, uh, not found, I should say, but noticed in a whorehouse uh, about a year after she, I guess it was about a year after she disappeared, and some U.S. Navy officer heard her furtively whisper to him, help me, I'm Amy Bradley. Well, I don't know if that's what's happened with Natalie Holloway, but there are a lot of things in this mix. And one is, in the case of Natalie Broad, uh, Holloway, she went to the third annual Soul Beach Festival on the last day anyone saw her. And uh, at that event appeared Boys to Men, some nigger group, and also Lauren Hill, who is a, a particularly homely uh, artist, I guess you would say, Negro artist, and she has been quoted as saying that she, uh, she'd she rather have her children starve than have white people buy their records, but no matter what abuses uh, in the lyrics or whatever they heap upon white kids, uh, they've been trained to eat this up. So this young girl went down there with her classmates, uh, and again, the, the pillars of this community in uh, Mountain Brook, Alabama, they don't want to talk about it. I called the high school uh, Principles essentially unavailable. They're probably uh, worried about legal suits. And I saw one woman, ages, 
she had posted around on tourist boards about what a great place Aruba is. So these adults who squirm around there and then they go down and, and get involved with race mixing in these places where no one sees them. Uh, this is what white tourist girls essentially do very frequently all over. When I say very frequently, I don't know the percentages, but I've seen it having lived in the tourist capital of this country for a, a quarter of a century. They're away from home. Nobody knows what they're doing. Now, whether she was with the Dutch kid, because it just a dissipated, uh, uh, you know, apparently he drank and gambled a lot. And I saw his automobile. It was almost brand new. So his parents, I guess, got him that or let them use theirs. Or whether she disappeared with these two uh, Surinamese, I think you'd call them, uh, and they're ethnic East Indians, these brothers. You know, it really doesn't matter in a way because... Uh, it's just more dissipation and waste. And this girl was in the National Honor Society, but with all of her fine learning, she hadn't been taught to discriminate for her own safety, uh, to preserve the fluidity. Or, you know, the human body's what, something like 80-plus percent liquid. And these uh, youths are not understanding that all this stuff they're being shown on Murray Rothstein TV is dangerous to their physical well-being, their literal, literal physicality. They're just not taught that. And right. Well, the the way the media is carrying this right now, in fact, I'm looking at a website, Fox News, uh, they've, they've got the picture of the Dutch kid, you know, the white Dutch kid, but the two black security guards who were let off uh, under mm -hmm. some type of bogus uh, uh, eyewitness accounts that they weren't there um, you know that the media is running with that the, the typical and I would say least probable angle on this case, playing down the racial aspect. Well, look, well, Aegis, we have on VNInform.com we have the pictures from Carlos and Charlie's bar, this this uh, uh, filthy place from which uh, she apparently disappeared soon after. And you know they've got a picture of a Negro in a cowboy hat, and we all know that the howdy partner Negro, aren't they everywhere? you know, in the movies, the Jew movies, but, you know, he's riding some bare buck. They have Jungle Night there. They have a Rodeo Night, and he's got a white girl on this uh, saddle bare buck, you know, and he's uh, teaching her to ride him. And, you know, it's, I don't know. It just goes on and on and on. All these things play into one another. The, the, the uh, criminality, the, the native biological, historical 50,000-year criminality of the Negro, uh, you know, it, yeah. it is, is essentially fitting like a little puzzle. It's, it's no longer a, a round peg in a square hole. It's a, you know, it, it's well, just a Jew puzzle that fits these days. Yeah. Well, you would think an Alabaman would know about niggers. Yeah, well, I'm sure they do. And uh, she comes from a good family. She probably doesn't comport herself that way uh, down there. In fact, there were some reports that, some of those people are so wealthy that uh, the family has loaned a, a private jet, the uses of a, a use of a private jet to fly some of them down there to Aruba uh, after she disappeared. Right, but well, I, again, when they're away from home, this is not to say she was race mixing, although she was most probably with the East Indians. But this is the big uh, hidden thing in the story, which people perceive all over the country. And cable news, they can only make sidelong left left-handed allusions to it. Right. Well, I'm thinking some type of cognitive dissidence uh, came That's in. Work. This yeah. is a tourist trap. I guess you have to have money to be there. So she's mm. thinking, oh, money equals safety. Uh, that's mm. just the help. 
working mm -hmm. around me here. They're they're civilized. They're they're kept down, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm safe. And I'm here with these other hedonistic euros kicking back uh, Calparinas, mm -hmm. and um, these aren't the the down home Negroes that I wouldn't uh, spend five minutes with. Right. She thinks she's a, it, it's actually a 17 or 18th century, 1700 concept. This uh, uh, Euro and Paradise. It was popular with you know Captain Captain Cook and. Uh, but what I mean is, it, when they went down there and they uh, had scientific uh, measurements of uh, what it was, uh, they went all over Tahiti, Australia, and, and so this was popular, a popular European concept, and a lot of whites still have it. And you know this country gets a so-called country. It's a tiny island. They get 73% of their income from whites flying down there, and now they have the. Uh, a ridiculous looking aspect of the Prime Minister coming on saying finding Natalie is job number one and uh, what they're worried about is all their economy is going to plummet but whites are not going to they're not going to stop going well what do they have to worry about whites will take any kind of abuse yeah murderous rapists uh, yeah we're all for it and after that we'll light a candle and uh, pray to Jesus right yeah. well there has been some discussion on the forum about how she got um, taken out, and uh, my uh, suspicion is that she was she was drugged or somebody spo spiked her drink. Uh, mm -hmm. But of course, there is the security uh, guard aspect, and uh, of course, if they have some nod collaborating their story, collaborating their story that they were home when this happened, then I guess you'd have to believe them as an Aruban national. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know uh, how it's all going to end. There, there's a story uh, that's linked to you from the forum about uh, from CNN that just shows you how seamless the media uh, misrepresentation of reality is. Was race a factor in Aruba arrest? And you know, it's focused on these two detained security guards and how they've been mistreated. And what do they bring up? They bring up Susan Smith, who falsely accused a black man of uh, going after her kids. She's the one who drove him into the lake. So. They only need about one example, and that will serve them until the end of time. And the fact that 99% of the time it goes the other way, uh, they completely ignore. And it really is, uh, you're living in a world that seamlessly misrepresents what's actually going on. If, uh, if you buy into it, you buy into it at your own risk. It's like Jane says, you know, you, you may think that you can go down to some bar in the middle of Third worlders who have a very low average income and uh, act wild, and uh, sometimes you got to look at it from the other person's point of view. The way they look at it is you're a rich fool who's there to be eaten or taken, and uh, uh, they a good percentage of them have very little to lose. I don't know the rich and trusting to trust. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, just naive in a lot of ways. I mean, you don't. Naive. You don't. They, they're thoughtless. They don't know any history. They don't know that people are different. That race does matter. You get on and you 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 get on with that kind of attitude, and then you get drunk, and if you wind up beaten, raped, or murdered, you may not deserve it, but it's going to happen a certain percentage of the time. You've got people who have very little money and very little to lose. And right, and, what, and uh, the tremendous what, what, the tremendous turnover in these areas where yeah, I mean these these are countries with you know Mexico's got a hundred million people and the average age is teenage, and like. One of the guys that Chain interviewed said, the people there are not worried about our FBI, and our FBI and police services don't really care that much. They're much more worried about the local drug people. And and I thought what the interesting thing that came out of one of those interviews, I forget who it was, but he says once your boat, once your cruise ship gets 
12 miles offshore, you're in international waters subject to the absolute dictatorship of the captain and whatever uh, scum he has working for him below decks you aren't aware of. On a Liberian registered ship in many cases. And a lot of these ships are registered in Liberia or somewhere in the third world, and it goes under their rules. And so you don't, you really don't know what you're dealing with an awful lot of the time, and that, that behooves a certain caution. And you were saying right. Jews own a lot of these cruise ship lines too, Alex. We did the uh, research on exactly, the one off of yeah. Florida, the gambling ships. Were Carnival, I believe, is owned by an Israeli. And, uh, you don't, uh, there's, a, there's a, a greater risk to all this than it appears. And, uh, you know, the people, the same media that, that is whining about how these security guards are mistreated because they're brought in for some questioning is per, the one promoting Lauren Hill to you. Here's an example of what an asshole she is. She, was, she had a big contract with Levi's. It was owned by Jews, and it's a very liberal corporate culture. And she gets her one big shot on Saturday Night Live, and she was wearing, I forget what it was, like Abercrombie and Fitch or something. So that, that's a nigger for you. You pay them a million bucks to model your clothes, and they get the most primetime spotlight of all, and they decide to wear a competitor's. And what an asshole. But uh, Lauren Hill is, you know, the kind of person that uh, Natalie Holloway is trained to think is really cool and you ought to listen to, and it's good hip-hop stuff. And uh, if you buy the lie, you're going to get the result a lot of times. you gotta, you got to get out of that system. CNN is despicable. I mean, was race a factor in Aruba arrest? Yes, too many of our wonderful, innocent black men are being arrested. Well, you go by anything per capita, blacks are a huge, dangerous threat. And, you know, we've got maybe a million of them in jail, and, geez, you can only imagine how much worse it would be if they weren't there. They don't have the intelligence to realize that. Some some people who are older can go look at the Uniform Crime Reports on the FBI's website. But. Well, yeah, they don't. And and these blacks are told by the same Jews pretending that this is the real problem. You know, black security guards being interviewed is the real problem. Uh, are the ones who put the chip on the black's shoulder in the first place and tell them that whitey's to blame. And they set this, mm-hmm. they set it up not only by promoting hip-hop in the media, but by saying that whites owe blacks something or we're guilty somehow for teaching them man pants and indoor plumbing. You know, we're the bad guys, huh? That's, is that how it works? What would they be doing without us? They, they wouldn't be living in any nice situation in Africa. But, Talking uh, about setting it up and, and tearing it down, Alex, this morning on Linda Vester's Day side on Fox, they have this 17-year-old uh, Jew prodigy, mm-hmm. and he's actually wearing a black yarmulke. His name is Ben Shapiro, and he wrote some book about porn. Oh, yeah. He's so a, this, yeah. This, yeah. He's got that daily yeah. punk, isn't it? I guess, right. but you know what? He went to UCLA, and yeah, now he's going him. straight into Harvard Law School. And here he is lecturing you know, people in their fourth, fifth, sixth decade of life. Hey, fuck you. Get off my TV, Jew. <laughs> he, if, he, if he's a prodigy, I mean, the word is... Greatly overused. I've read some of his columns. I mean, the standard neocon boilerplate. Just like world Joe, Joe Fira hiring a 10-year-old because he's brilliant. And Joe, he says the exact same things Joe Fira does, so Fira concludes that the thing's a prodigy. Uh, he's, he's looking through the yeah. wrong... So now he's telling us Murray Rothstein's broadcasting too much porn. <laughs> but he doesn't yeah. say Murray Rothstein, of course. No, there, it, it was all a game. It was all a way of making a living. That's what Joe Sobern said about professional conservatism. They're just ripping off the idiots. It's just like evangelical conservatism. you got a bunch of basically corrupt uh, people who a certain percentage of the, the right half of the bell curve makes money off the idiots on the left. But that's what that appeals to. And people, you know, God, patriotism, 
their instincts may even be right, but their their mental faculty is not such that they can distinguish between the real thing and the simulation. Yeah, well, getting back to these Nog tourist traps, I remember hearing stories about Jamaica. Oh, the beaches were uh, nice. Sin. The beaches were nice, but there was a, a six-foot uh, fence and uh, barbed wire and machine gun guards uh, who were black uh, guarding the beaches from the natives. Well, uh, wake up, tourists. These black machine gun-toting uh, uh, authority uh, figures there are, are just as corrupt as, as, as the natives. And uh, if one of them spikes your drink and then ends up robbing, raping, or murdering you, then it's your own damn fault. Yeah, well, look at, uh, uh, Chain, you can give the detail, but as I recall from your interview, the father said he woke up at 6, the father of Amy Bradley, and at 6 a.m., and the girl was uh, kind of in the mo room, and he drifted back to sleep. Next thing, he, d he wakes up, and she's gone. And, you know, it can be right. some scum below decks that has arrangements. And I guess his, his daughter and his son were in a, some kind of a limbo contest on board. And, and you know, they've got the scum below decks or who's serving you looking and seeing what kind of jewelry you're wearing and, and what kind of a body you've got. And, you know, they can, uh, they can grab you. They can make whatever arrangements with the people on shore. And you're not really going to be, he says, the people down there won't say anything because they're more afraid of the uh, people who do this stuff than they are of the U.S. Uh, uh, police coming after them. Sure, Which sure. Worldwide, great numbers of these people are under the influence of worldwide Jew media. And, and they have nothing, you know, they're, they're feeling their oats. They have nothing but essentially contempt for white people. Yeah. You know, they keep a patina of uh, friendliness. And, and uh, you know, you think these people play limbo contests amongst themselves? No, of course they don't. It's ridiculous. No, what they it's do the is they, they, do the they, they have these bars and, and they get all these idiots who've been watching girls gone wild and what have you, and they, so they right. know how to act. love boat. Yeah, and they see a Kathy Lee uh, Epstein Gifford ad, you know, ain't we got fun on Carnival Cruise Lines, and they think it's all fun and games. Well, these are people who are many times just simply desperate, and they're, they're low-IQ desperate people, and you put yourself in the middle of that and get drunk, what do you think is going to happen? You leave your car, your wallet on the roof of your car. I mean, no one has a right to steal it, but it's probably going to happen. So the the Amy Bradley's dad, Alex, was really yeah, he he was really upset about it. He he agreed immediately, quite readily, that they have uh, nothing but contempt for us. He's yeah. Well, what really gets me is that that's also an unsolved mystery. No body, nothing. Who knows what happened to her? Well, they. Uh, when was it that they saw her in the in the brothel chain? Was that like a year after her disappearance six years ago? Yeah, I believe that, that was about a year. And I know the interesting thing to me was that it was about a year before the U.S. Navy officer reported it because, of course, the whorehouse would be off limits. You know, they they yeah. tell these guys when they pull in these ships, you know, 5,000 men, and everybody's laughing. They go, oh, yeah, right. You know, these guys, that's, that's practically all they do. And wherever they go in the world, so... But but this officer had enough sense to be worried about his career and enough uh, lack of character. You know, that's an officer and a gentleman these days. Anyway, he, he might have saved Amy Bradley. But he saw her face on a checkout. I think it was a People magazine, if I remember, about a year later in, on the U.S. mainland. And then he decided he better take action, that she was for real. Originally, he thought she was just making that up to get money because I guess her case was quite well known as Natalie's is, at least in that area. I wonder what other sights he saw in that nigger whorehouse in the middle of the jungle. And Aruba's not even a particularly niggerized place, I don't think, compared to a lot of those, because 
people got to remember that we hear about slavery and we think about, oh, we, they brought the slaves to America. But America only got a, a small, almost a tiny percentage of all the slaves that came to the New World. I believe we got three or four million. Now it's turned into about 35 million. But we only got something like 7% or something of uh, the slaves. Almost all of them went to South America and they went to the... Uh, Caribbean islands to work on the uh, work on the sugar stuff. In the Revolutionary War, when they'd bring rum up here, you know, Alexander Fam Hamilton's family was from there, and uh, they yeah. would bring rum up on the ships, and sometimes they'd actually bring slaves, import them from the Caribbean into the United States. Yeah, a lot of those a were lot. Jew ships too. Yeah, that that that's one thing that's true. Looking if you're if you're black and listening to this, look into the secret relationship between blacks and Jews, which is a Nation of Islam publication that is nothing but uh, digging up what Jewish researchers themselves have said and found about Jewish involvement in the slave trade in the, in, the, uh, settle, in the New World. And they come up with all these ships that were owned by Jews and all these slaves that were imported by Jews. So the Jew tells you he's your best friend, but that's the stuff he ain't going to tell you. About 15 years ago, I used to buy documents from a gentleman named Edward Craig out of Rhode Island. And uh, at that time, he was, I believe he just made octogenarian. And he had been buying these documents at estate sales from when he was, I guess, in his 30s, or certainly when he was a relatively young man. And uh, he would always tell me, we talked a lot on by phone, sometimes for an hour, and he would say, uh, Nation of Islam buys all his Jewish slave documents, Jewish owned. Uh, that's you know, great. From, from the Speak, speaking of that, I mean, not to get too far afield, and, and he, he just can rope us in here, but uh, uh, Nation of Islam this week uh, had a contract canceled they were going to indoctrinate the cops down in Louisiana, just like the ADL does, you know, train them in sensitivity. But the, the NOI was involved with the zebra killings in San Francisco back in the 70s when a, a subset of the Nation of Islam went wild and killed basically an unknown number of white people for purely racist reasons. And then uh, New Orleans, in a desperate attempt to get control of nigger crime, was going to have them come in and train the officers. But the Jews and other people started bitching, and they, uh, they canceled it. I thought that was very interesting. The ADL guy saying, oh, these people are discredited from uh, offering sensitivity training, you know, by the, by the very fact that they criticize Jews. Meanwhile, the felonious criminal racket and unregistered foreign lobby ADL goes on training the FBI, and the FBI director refers to him as friend. Speaking of miscarriage of justice, we have Michael Jackson moonwalking. Singer Michael Jackson may have won his child sex abuse trial but he appears to have lost in the court of public opinion. According to a Gallup poll taken in the hours following Jackson's acquittal on all ten charges, 48% of Americans said they disagreed with the verdict, while only 34% said they thought jurors had made the right decision. Gallup found a significant racial divide. Whites disagreed with the verdict about a two-to-one margin, while blacks agreed with the verdict by about the same margin, with 56% saying it was the right decision and 26% saying they disagreed with the verdict. So uh, it sort of reminded me of the O.J. Simpson trial, um, and um, I'm sure they were dancing in the streets about that, although Michael Jackson is hardly a, a, a black man anymore. No, he looks like a white corpse. Boy, and they do those close-ups on his face, that's all I can think of as a person I saw lying in wake after a particularly nasty car crash, and all made up, and uh, he's got that mealy look to him. 
But uh, what can you say, man? There's so many, the intersection of so many foul trends in America that, uh, <laughs> I mean, my it's God. It's almost exciting, isn't it? <laughs> it why don't we make him, also, uh, why don't we make him uh, Secretary of State or a Foreign um, Minister? Could change yes. out Congolese and make it Michael Jackson. Well, the thing that pisses me off is that JesusJuice.com was, was available. Yeah, we, we could have gotten that. I put it online at the forum, beinginformed.com, JesusJuice.com, seven ninety five, and some racists could have grabbed it. Now all that's left is JesusJuice.us.us. <laughs> what do you mean by Jesus Juice? <laughs> well, this is stuff that he was uh, allegedly feeding kids was was wine and uh, oh, okay. a, a special brand of coolers, wine and soda pop mixed together. One report said, and this was by mainstream media, so they covered the trial, and they said that six of the female jurors were crying even before the judge opened the ten counts one by one, you know, as if uh, it's the black Miss America pageant. So he would open every one, you see. Uh -huh. But yeah. they were crying before he had even opened them, and they were staring straight at the judge. So all these erudite attorneys sitting in the in the gallery there, they all said, oh, it doesn't look good. Look, they're all staring at the judge, and they're weeping. So they said, for sure, it's guilty. But just the opposite. In other words, uh, th these white lemmings have a, such a high, uh, magnanimous uh, self-image of themselves as being uh, Jesus-like and forgiving and loving uh, uh, of, of, of the uh, downtrodden black man but they were weeping that they'd done the right thing, I guess. Forgive and forget. Yeah, that's a good example yeah. of, of uh, the damage that Christianity does. Th there's never been a real accounting of the, the psychological damage that Christianity does. All they ever want to do is celebrate how wonderful they are. They're the first ones to get rid of slavery. Well, this is what came in the wake of getting rid of slavery. At least during slavery, we got some work out of them. Today, under liberty, they get work out of us, you know, through the government. And we got to put up with junk like this. And I, I remember that O.J. thing. I remember the excited uh, reactions of those clowns uh, out in L.A. watching this guy who cut the head off of his wife, uh, and and they're all jumping up and down and happy about it. Yeah, they're animals. Was, they're not. They're not people. Yeah, I want all. I, I'm sure our listeners remember that verdict uh, and where they were when it happened, especially if they were in Nog areas, because they were dancing in the streets. It was. Yeah. It was a, a mass jubilation. Yeah, I mean, he scored like he scored a touchdown or something. I was driving through the city. It was hard to navigate because they were just beep-bopping and jiving. You were trying not to get Reginald Dennyized? I remember because I had a bet on it with a relative, and I bet that he would uh, be acquitted. It was just a small bet, but I was very, uh, very happy that... Uh, <laughs> I thought it would impress the lesson of this is what black people are actually like. They don't fucking like white people. They're going to let this bastard go. Now, now let's see. OJ was, what, three years after the L.A. riots? And mention, Alex, what you were saying this week when, when, when yeah, we were all uh, talking, and you mentioned how they flooded into the Midwest well, buying real estate. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. I, I heard this from uh, through the grapevine here in Kirksville uh from someone in a good position to know but what what this guy said was that uh after the LA King riots in 92 basically a hell of a lot of white people i guess from the coast started buying up property just not caring about the price not really caring where it was but in the white interior uh i guess kind of reading the writing on the wall and taking advantage of the the, the way that the taxes are structured and the huge in, in inflated value of of the west coast houses where Southern California, the average house sells for 450000 So apparently there was a, a real rush, which I, I hadn't heard. I knew that whites were leaving the coast and moving into what they call the Intermountain West. 
Utah, Arizona, and such. But I, I didn't real I hadn't realized that even that far back, it was taking place right here, which is almost literally right in the middle of the country. But yeah, he said they would come in. They didn't care what the price was. You know, if it's forty, sixty, a hundred thousand, that's that's nothing. If your if your little bungalow in California is worth fifty thousand, I mean. But but yeah, they they see the writing on the wall. Groids hate us. I mean, it's it would be just like in Haiti, where when Toussaint Louverture took over, they massacred all the French. And Haiti went from the richest place in North America to the poorest. And I believe it still is. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I was Midwest I, flight riot real estate. Right. Yeah, what it exactly. illustrated to me was, of course, all of them didn't have jobs. They were sitting in their their houses watching the trial the whole time, and yeah. so they were, of course, the best informed. And uh, they they ran out of their houses and they were doing the new jack dance. And then, of course, those who didn't see it directly live on television just started playing along, and it was it was uh, a mass show of of collective jubilation. Yeah, and and they're just so dumb, and they and they don't and they think that they're getting one over in the white man, and it's useless to think that you can educate them out of that. I'd like to give another personal anecdote. In fact, two personal incidents of two people I know. One was uh, a relative, and one was uh, a woman I work with when I was out in the D.C. area, who through jury duty wound up on trials, and in both of those, a black who was clearly guilty was let go because sisters on the jury thought that there's enough brothers in prison already and that shit happens all the time so when i see these kikes over at cnn writing about oh these black security guards were unduly harshly questioned or they shouldn't have been suspected at all that's, they got that's, eyewitnesses that's Jew bullshit. and shit they got yeah, eyewitnesses I mean, and shit that, that's Jew bullshit the reality is niggers are criminals and that's a fair generalization just across the board they are criminals most niggers are in some state of being involved with the criminal justice system, especially in D.C. Yeah, so. well, the same thing which works for niggers that are guilty works against whites who are innocent. Oh, yeah. He got oh, yeah. a look I mean, to his face. I don't, I don't like that motherfucker. Some Jew came on TV, I forgot now who it was, and he said, now Las Vegas is Michael Jackson's oyster. They want to put him in Vegas as Elvis was or Elton John and let him work at... Vegas in his uh, middle-aged years. So. Yeah, well, I think yeah, that explains why white guys, uh, you know, who get uh, sent away for th- white guys get sent away 30 years for uh, throwing a Molotov cocktail. All you got to do as a lawyer is say, "Hey, this guy's a hater. And he's a neo-Nazi. He's a Ku Klux Klan uh, yeah. member." And you got one nigga on that jury, and you know they're they're ready to put your head on the chopping block. Yeah, that's right. And we got they got uh, their clowns over in Europe. I mean, I don't know. Did you guys? Our representative to the OSCE meeting on what was it, anti-Semitism and racism, and and uh, our representative over there was uh, Governor Pataki from New York, and he gave the most bootlicking, scurrilous, sycophantic reiteration of the Jewish line I've almost ever heard. And of course, all racism is terrible, but gosh, criticizing Jews is, is somehow. It's special among insults. I mean, it's uniquely bad to, to ever say anything about Jews, and we must at all times be prepared to define and to sniff out and to utterly eliminate any lingering traces of anti-Semitism. Of course, you, if you listen to Goyfire or Red VNN, you know what the truth is. Anti-Semitism, an anti-Semite is just a non-Jew. Sobern has a clever way of putting it, but the fact is an anti-Semite is just simply a non-Jew. If you ain't a Jew, you're an anti-Semite. That's how the Jew sees it, and 
Yeah, his, his view doesn't matter next to yours, except that his little buddy owns the New York Times and ABC and CBS and NBC and Fox, and your little buddy owns a car wash or maybe a self-storage unit. You see the difference there? So it does matter what Jews think. It matters hugely. It affects virtually everything in our world. Until we control the media and control our own political space, we're going to find our, our own people being wiped out and just shat on with, yeah, with well, just day after day of this garbage. Speaking of Jews, we have uh, the Jew center of the world, Israel, in the news. The crisis between Israel and the United States over the sale of assault, unmanned aerial vehicles to China is deepening. The U.S. has been imposing harsh sanctions on Israel ha, for a few months now following the dispute between the two states over the sale of the drones. Controversy erupted over a deal Israel made to sell its harpy killer UAVs to China. The U.S. claims the deal was made behind its back and against its expressed wishes. One article I said said something really positive. It said that basically at the mid to lower levels in the uh, Defense Department, they apparently really despise Israel because it's such an unreliable, unreliable partner. It, it will just steal anything it can and sell it to whoever, and it doesn't give a damn about American interests. And that is not coincidentally exactly what uh, ex-Mossadist Viktor Ostrovsky said, that the Mossad doesn't give a damn. It's, it's, the U.S. thinks it's like a two-way street with Israel, but it's only a one-way street. Everything good, money and technology flow, and knowledge flows from us to them, and they don't give us a damn thing except a fresh sheet of enemies. Israel is our enemy. The Jews are our mortal enemy of our race. And this, you know, they're selling stuff to China. On the, with one hand, they're, they're selling our most advanced technology to China that we paid, you know, billions to develop. And on the other hand, they're opening our borders to Chinese. So we're getting screwed every, every possible way. And we're, we're we reading the papers from the people who call themselves patriots that Israel is our friend? This is asinine. The, the, the Aussies just did a major study. And a lot of these Chinese in both Australia and the United States who are immigrants are major spies, literally thousands oh, yeah. of them. Yeah. And uh, the people who are knowingly or not now too. morphing into white racists after having listened to some years of uh, conservative talk radio, they'll remember the case of Bernard Schwartz and Laurel yeah. uh, Instruments in the presidential election. Now, Bernard Schwartz was one of the, uh, I believe he was the top donor to the Democrat Party, and he got uh, permission from Bill the Rapist to transfer this gyroscope technology to Russia, ostensibly so that they could send up communication satellites. Well, wonder of wonders, that same gyroscope allowed them to be able to reach Los Angeles uh, with nuclear weapons. And so Bernard Schwartz, of course, is a Jew. He's a chosenite and, uh, you know, de facto Israeli. Yeah, great point. Well, that, that, that relates with this Franklin scandal that uh, has just um, unraveled. Franklin, who worked on the Iran desk with the Office of the Secretary of Defense at the time, the government says he disclosed the information, was also charged with disclosing top-secret information about potential attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq to two employees of a pro-Israel lobbying group. Yeah. So uh, this is another Pollard that's uh, recently been discovered in the. Uh, well, the difference is that Pollard is a Pollard is a Jew, and uh, you American naive people who may be listening to this should realize that Pollard is a national hero in Israel. They think he's a great guy. They want him released. They don't see him as a traitor. He's a hero. Okay, so Jews all they care about is what's good for Jews. 
Now, this Franklin, Franklin is not a Jew. He is a uh, Catholic, and he was working hand and glove with APAC. And APAC is being treated with kid gloves by the FBI, which basically sends an engraved request that they be allowed to come in and examine uh, the, the C drive, and only the C drive, on one of their computers, you know, on Friday at 2 p.m. Now, when they come into your house, these ass munches come in with guns a-blazing, you know, stopping your cat and fucking <laughs> spilling your pills and, and shooting you in the back and percussion grenades, and they don't give a damn about you if you're an American. But when you're a Jew, my God, it's like you're an elevated person. It's like you're better than the rest of humanity. You were chosen from among them. What kind of a God would choose Jews? Have you looked at them? A God is going to choose Alan Dershowitz and Susan Estrich? Shit! It's not a god. It's the devil that would choose them. Yeah, they're choosing themselves and convincing you that they're the same as us. They're choosing them in law school. They're choosing them uh, to be the arbiters of, of what we think. They need to wake up to the fact. Like, yeah, and they're going to they're going to get a full dose of that with our number three uh, Aryan alternative because uh, we're we're going to rip the cover off the uh, UCLA law school scandal as we already have online. But when we show up there at UCLA law school and pass it out. I think they're going to be uh <laughs> I think they're going to have a real fun time <laughs> because uh, the truth is really remarkable that uh, basically they only hire Jews at UCLA Law School. I think that's wrong for a public institution. And I think the Jews ought to have to answer for that. Well, what's wrong with these defense department, these spies, these uh you know, uh, eggheads over at the National Department of uh, Defense or you name it. Why I can answer can't that. they put two and two together here? Well, they can. I mean, the, the thing is that, the, and this has come through very strongly from uh, Craig's interviews, uh, specifically with government people, is that you've got a whole bureaucracy, and if the head is corrupt, the little people can't deal with that, that maximum stuff. They have to only deal with what's in their purview. So what you have is, is you have a, most people will, grow, will realize something's wrong and will shut up and go along, no matter how much they resent it. Some people will actively object. A good example of that would be Karen Kwiatkowski, uh, of, who writes for LewRockwell.com, who saw how the Israelis basically had free passes at the Defense Department and were super arrogant would just come in and tell them what they were going to do. Well, she's just an average, normal white woman, uh, I think married with kids, who, who uh, happened to be in a position to observe what was going on and was honest enough to speak the truth about it. And uh, they've absolutely smeared her reputation. This is what the Jews do. They have a unique ethnic network that allows them carte blanche to smear, to do everything on a sliding scale from smearing to murdering anybody who tries to stand against them. And that is why I say to you whites listening to this, this is the quest of your time. This is where the bravest men and the boldest men and the most responsible men of your generation are going to stand up and defend whites at the time when it is the hardest. And that time is right now when the Jews are... are fully in the saddle, and they're trying to shut down the one place you can actually get the truth, which is the Internet. You have to join with us, and we can defeat them. They are extremely highly leveraged. But, but, but yeah, that's what they do. They have this ethnic network that uh, the minute Karen, if she comes out and makes factual, substantive allegations about what they're doing, why, what is it? You know, she's a hater. She's an anti-Semite. And they have immediate recourse to that. Anybody who criticizes a Jew, boom, you're an anti-Semite. Jews will tolerate no criticism. Right, and that and, gets uh, press on the New York Times, Washington Post, uh, Los Angeles, uh, whatever, Yeah, the next day. 
Well, well, I mean, how can it how can it be like like we've I've said this before, but we we know that Panzerfaust was busted, and we know the the manner in which they were busted. In fact, uh, Byron Calvert was also busted when he was in Virginia as well as Minnesota, and you know the cop, they come in with guns a blazing, but at APAC they go you know hat in hand, and and yet the APAC thing is they're passing extremely valuable information that's cost us maybe billions to acquire or technology plans that have cost us billions to develop. And they are stealing these and passing these goddamn Jews at APAC and these other criminal Jewish lobbies, and they're going straight to Israel. All the Jews care about is Jews. They are not pro-American. They're not pro-Soviet. They're not pro-nothing. They are pro-Jew. All Jews care about is what is good for Jews. All the little ugly little Jewish grandmothers like that, oh, that ugly, loathsome woman on the Supreme Court, right, deciding the future you're going to live under. They, they, they teach their little kids, oh, I let them, you know, they, and they're columnists will write, write about this, it's like, it's really cute and funny, they'll be like, oh, you know, my grandmother always taught me, you know, the price of, uh, the price of eggs went up 32, you know, cents per three dozen, my grandmother would always say, well, but is this good for, what does this mean, is it good for Jews, is it bad for Jews, it's all they care about is Jews, they, everybody else is just, everybody else is a means to an end to them, they're really, they control the media because they have to. Yeah, well, in this case, uh, the, the technological, uh, the highly sensitive uh, uh, information uh, ended up in China. With Pollard, we saw it ended up in, in Russia. So if you've got these Jews running around in the Pentagon, what's all the secrecy about? They should just make these uh, public access documents. Well, I know that in Paul Finley's book, They Dare to Speak Out, there was one military guy, I can't remember his name, but he said basically it got to the point where he wouldn't write anything down because he simply couldn't trust that it wouldn't end up in Jewish hands. The Jews are out for the Jews. They're not, they're not out for Americans. They're our enemies. In fact, I don't think we have it. Honestly, I don't, I don't mean this as an overstatement or a clever statement. I don't think we have any enemies except Israel. I mean, China might oppose us a little, but China has its own continent to worry about. Uh, and, and honestly, without Israel, I don't think we would really have any enemies in the world. And if, well, if paradoxically, a lot of Americans have been trained that Israel's our best friend in the Middle East. You know, we've all heard that, you know, the only democracy. But, you know, from the 1970s till 1992, Israel sold China $4 billion worth of arms. And they only have 5.7 million people in Israel in that tiny little country. And they sold them these uh, Israeli Lavi fighters, and I guess the Chinese reverse-engineered it and made Jian 10s, yeah. which are a, a, a pretty uh, formidable fighter, apparently. Why just to identify these Ashkenazis, Ashkenazis Jews who are, who are part Euros, you know, they say, well, this is our homeland from thousands of years ago. Well, like hell it is. Well, the Sephardics roamed around there somewhat. You know, the, these are the dark, uh, Groucho Marxian-looking Jews. But uh, Ashkenazis, who have uh, part Euro, and whites identify with this. Most whites, they can't identify Jane Wadtraub's uh, hair color or, 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 you know, Andrea Mitchell's uh, blonde dye. They don't know why. They've just been trained out of so I'll pick up on what you're saying, which is that it, it approaches axiomatic that anything Jews claim about their history is a lie. Now, we know that their claim about Masada and their, their brave commission of suicide was a lie. We know that, they're, that they claim that they were held captive in Egypt. That was simply a lie. There's no evidence to back any of that up. But what well, you got is... Well, they didn't build Masada. yeah. Yeah, all they ever found on there was a couple of, like, pig bones up there. So unless those Jews were eating pork, I mean, it's just a big lie. 
everything. Well, I believe it was the Holocaust. They it's took a good lie to put them in a, in a Jews' lives, either to make themselves look good or to make you look bad, so that you owe them reparations. Like a Jew mm -hmm. said, the whole of Jewish existence is basically whining and extracting money and being well, ugly. Well, I would add. Well, but, Alex, coming back to that statement where you said, "I think the Jews are really our only enemy." Well, this this. Uh, it's, a, it's a very slight exaggeration that, that bespeaks an essential truth. Right. Well, this corresponds with what the Germans said uh, during World War II and World War I, that the Jews on the di in the different countries which they were residing were agitating for war. So on the Polish yeah. side, they were anti-German. On the German side, they were anti-Polish, uh, and they were anti-Russian. And they were just agitating, agitating, at, or anti-French. No. And on the French side, they were no. pro-French. Let, let me make a little point, and I don't know if you had more to make there, but I have a a point that a guy, uh, one of our our guys, uh, taught me, uh, Chuck Pearson, taught me years ago, is Jews don't take a side. Jews take all sides. They don't bet on one horse. They bet on all horses. Now, what this means is is that uh, you you who are an Aryan listening to this, what you do is. I'll tell you what you actually do and what you think you do. You think that you think and you arrive at opinion and you defend that as your principle. Now, what actually happens is you read a Jewish paper and the more appealing of the ideas in it go into your head and you accept them and three days later you believe they're your own. But there is a degree of integrity in how you will defend them. But what you don't understand is everything that's going into your head is set up by Jews to be a sort of a false debate. You know, they, they offer two things, but they don't put the assumption that they're offering on, on, on the table because their own interests are never up for debate. Everything follows the model of the Holocaust where we don't debate it. Why don't they debate it? Well, they don't have the facts on their side. And, and Aryans are, are people who value their own opinion very highly. They, they think of themselves as principled and objective and fair. The Jews aren't like that at all. They see a position as, as basically a bargaining chip or... or one tool that they have to work with. They have a completely foreign mentality to what we have, and we have to understand their mentality in order to fight it. And their mentality is, you know, oh, you want patriotism? I sell you patriotism. You want, uh, you want anti-war? I sell you anti-war. And so they're, they're much more flexible and cunning, and uh, they play all sides of an equation, and you have to be aware of that when, when you're trying to figure out what they really want. I mean, the only thing that's consistent with them is what's good for Jews, and they will never present their demands or their claims or the, uh, in that regard. They'll always phrase it as what they want is always good for all humanity. I was just going to say one of the acid tests is, again, look at where the, the young people are going to university, and whites are even trying to say, well, the Jews study harder, they work harder. Look, their professors and their administrators let the Jews in at a proportion that's just phenomenally out of whack with their numbers in the society. Yeah, so that's true. if you think that they're not working in concert, just look at how they promote their children compared to ours. Yeah, I mean they. they this have, is a lifetime track, you know. They're putting them on a lifetime track. And, I, I can't and emphasize. The back seat. I yeah, can't well, emphasize that, enough that they have ethnic networks that simply no white group has anything remotely comparable to it. Irish Catholics have a little bit of a network, but I mean it's not it's not one percent of what the network the Jews have to advance Jews. Right. And they well, reap tremendous benefits from that. Yeah, Jews are masters of the rigged game. And uh, as I think as whites, we have to just start asking ourselves, is it good for whites? Is it yeah. good for whites? Is it good that, for whites? That's bringing a gun to a gunfight. This is what I really like about Alex. Alex, he does not care where the information comes from. You know, He doesn't get into the infighting and so forth, in my opinion. For instance, National Vanguard just made a very good... Uh, 
movie, one of the guys in there, and what it does historically, it shows Francis Bacon's image, a painting, and it shows Cicero. Yeah, Mike Medeiros, he's a real good right. guy. He's written for us in the past, in fact. This cannot gainsay, this cannot deny real white history, what these great historical thinkers in, in all realms, science, politics, military, have said about Jews. We, we've watched this movie on BNN, and we're really enthusiastic about it. But what I mean and, is... And this, explain, this, this is a, a guy who's made a private production. He's a real good, honorable, honest guy who fights hard for our interest. And what he's done is put together about a 20-minute 20, 20 film with white people throughout history uh, and what they actually said about the Jews. And when you have all these geniuses and military leaders and people from every walk of life saying exactly the same thing, okay, you've got to come to the point where the, the Jew is what people say it is, just like uh, Bill White is what people said he was. <laughs> Anybody who doubted that uh, found out the truth. I mean, when, when, when 800 people say you're scum, the chance you're not scum is pretty small. And that's the situation with, uh, with the Jew. That's about it. It's just that there are ways and there are sources, especially nowadays with the Internet, to educate yourself out of the false premises that you're building your whole life on, whether it's sending your kid to Iraq to, to fight for the Jews or whatever. Yeah. You, you can do it, but you have and, to. And they're afraid, they're afraid of this. I mean, I saw this one guy, right? There's a guy who writes for, like, the New York Post. His name is Ralph Peters. He's an ex-military guy, and he's of German descent, I believe. He's not a Jew, but he's a, one of the most sycophantic goy, Shabbos goys I've ever seen. He's written a number of scathing articles about Germany because they wouldn't go along with this garbage in Iraq, this mass murder of people in the name of liberty. And, uh, you know, he was uh, a column I happened to be Googling for hate crimes, and uh, he came up on there and, you know, he spent a whole paragraph. The Internet is, is just horrible. The real, the real, they see the real meaning of the Internet is that it allows what they call haters, which is people like us here in Goyfire, to find each other and communicate and to tell the truth about what Jews and Shabbos Goy like this little shithead Peters are lying about. So you've got to use your freedom and you've got to continually demand more. We are the real thing. We are the genuine opposition. And you should join us. You listen to this. You should join us in whatever capacity you can do. You know what you're capable of and what you have to offer. We want your strength. Add your strength to our strength. Speaking of uh, opposition and what we're up against, we've got uh, Chairman of the Republican Party, Ken Melman. Uh, Christian Coalition of America condemns the chairman of the Democratic Party, Howard Dean, for injecting race into the debate on national party membership with his inflammatory remarks that the Republican Party is, quote, pretty much a white Christian party, end quote. Meanwhile, the chairman of the Republican Party, Ken Melman, who incidentally is Jewish, has been spending much of the time since he was elected chairman in reaching out to bring more minorities into the Republican Party. Senator, he like a real all-American guy there, that Ken Mailman. Is, is he from the Midwest? Is he a farm-raised in Hans Bank? Yeah, wait, it, it goes on. Senator Joe Lieberman, Democrat, by the way. That's that Alfred E. Newman-looking motherfucker, right? Said about Mr. Dean's remarks, I thought the comment that he made about the Republican Party being a white Christian party was way over the top as a Democrat. It was divisive and wrong. I hope he apologizes for it. Hey, hey Ken, I got I to gotta jump in there. I, uh, I don't mean to uh, jump in too often, but readers should realize that Christ, calling America a Christian nation is a, is a real tripwire with Jews. It drives them absolutely crazy. 
because I used the phrase uh, without uh, in, intending a point in that direction when I was in college, and it drew more Jewish letters to the editor than pretty much anything I ever wrote. They hate the idea that America is a Christian nation, and they will fight to the last ounce of kike to prevent your calling it that. You yeah, see, even though Christians I, founded it. Although I tend to view that as false opposition. Like they hated Nixon, but he wasn't a good guy. They hate Christianity, but it's not necessarily well, the solution for Arians. What, no, no, that's true. But what I mean is that they assert dominance of the public square. They say that only their values are real Americans, and so only their version of history can be accepted. So they, they determine what a real America is. We have to fight back and say, fuck you, we founded this country. It wasn't founded by damn Jews. The best they the can do is they, some fucking kike loaned Washington some money. That's, 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 what, I mean, that's so, so Jewy. I mean, they, they built the Holocaust Memorial. I just found out in the Boston Commons. The public yeah. square, I guess. How many people Good died God. in the Boston Holocaust? Probably <laughs> yeah. just as many as in the real Holocaust, huh? Is, is that right? Somebody wrote, I didn't even research it. I was so sickened by it. I went to school in Boston. What about the public gardens, Jews? Why don't you have anything in the public gardens yet? How about Beacon Hill, you know? How yeah, about I think Cambridge? we need a Holocaust museum here in Kirksville so I can piss yeah. on it. We ought to have one right after the McDonald's where you pay for your burger. After that, you, you, you uh, drop a diamond into the Holocaust Memorial. These people, yeah, I mean, they're pimping imaginary dead ancestors. Priceless. I mean, it really doesn't get much lower than that. Aye, and Sophie was ground up in the toothpaste that was used by the Nazis in the Eastern Front. Ah, the horror. They say the bloggers online are are, are questioning in sexuality. So here you have, on the Democrat side, you've got Howard Dean. He's married to a Jewess. His kids are Jews. They have the right of the law of return. They practice Judaism. His kids do. And then you have Kevin Melman. He's a Jew, too, and he's the Republican head. And the bloggers question his sexuality. So uh, Yeah, he's uh, a Jew faggot is what he is. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got a, a, a very, what is it, aquiline nose? Yeah. A nose like an eagle, and he's got a very, uh, he's very Jewy looking. He's not, he's not farm-raised in Hans Bank. He's, he's yeah. city-raised, and, and if he was spanked, it was in a bathhouse. He's out there in the fields with a big net trying to catch wonderful, beautiful tiger swallowtails and, and uh, lime green nigger tails and, and shit brown Mexi tails. Well, the sad Scraping. thing is people, th- people think he's getting up the ass, but in fact it's the Republicans getting it up the ass. Why does they he defend did. white Christians? Come on, Mr. Melman. Come on. <laughs> there, there's no way for the Republicans to attract minorities without becoming a Me Too Socialist Party, and they decided, I'd say, probably 30 years ago that that's what they were going to do. They saw the writing on the wall. If you don't oppose the Jews, then you have to play in their terms, and that means... Uh, hyper-socialist, multiculturalist party. And the white people dully, they, they shift from the, the Democrats to the Republicans trying to find someone to represent their interests, but get a clue, people, they never will. They can't. The media will not allow you to defend yourself on terms that can succeed. It's so historical. Have a Jew Melman uh, deny that the Republicans are against minorities. Oi. Hey, the Republican Party came into being to uh, as an anti-slavery party, so they, they have uh, bona fides in that regard. But, you know, we should be anti-slavery. We should also be pro-shipping them back. Right. Well, I think at this point we can um, enter into our traditional TNB section. Uh, the top story tonight is um, a story about 500 teenagers of coal complexion in Portugal, of all places, beating and robbing sunbathers celebrating a national holiday. The mayhem began Friday afternoon at 
Caracavlos Beach, 10 miles west of the Portuguese capital. I'll, I'll pose a question. Where else do we see this type of behavior? This specific thing happens every year in which country? Think of language commonality in New World. Yeah, Brazil. In Brazil. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Roving gangs of mulatto, fatherless, punk-ass kids run up and down the beach terrorizing people until the cops kill them. And, and the thing is, the demographics are so bad that what ends up happening is the rich shop owners pay the cops just to murder a lot of these essentially feral humanoids. Well, didn't and they and call them street, street children or something Sally Struthers-like? Well, I mean, you can use whatever euphemism you want. The fact is they're fatherless mud scum. The, the, this guy uh, who is alleged to have killed Lisa Bonestall, that white girl at the University of Delaware, and by the way, at University of Delaware, they have a Jewish studies that covers everything at Delaware, but uh, he had nine kids, Alex. He bragged he had nine kids. I'm looking at this picture here of the teenagers. Actually, apparently they captured one of the teenagers. He looks like a, a 32-year-old big, big buck weighing in at like 230 pounds, uh, six foot tall, and just ripped with muscles. That's uh, that's the teenagers they're describing here, the 500. Yeah, and then, of course, the, the AP or the UPI or Reuters will do everything they can to misframe and play down, misframe the story by playing down the racial angle. Look, you know, blacks, it, it's not like, hmm, I have two options. I can sit inside and read some uh, some Hegel, or I can go out and terrorize people on the beach. I mean, it, it's not like that. They, they do what they do because that's what they is. That's what they bees. Niggers are violent, stupid creatures, and there's nothing you can do to turn them into human beings. I can hear people <laughs> objecting already. They're saying, well, wait a second. Uh, these weren't blacks in Africa. These weren't blacks in the U.S. These were blacks in Europe. So I guess they were, they were somehow um, oppressed into acting that way. Well, well let's, does one of you know the racial background of Portugal? Yeah, I'll, let, let me break it down for him, huh? Yeah. Uh, Portugal was on top of the world, according to William Gaelic Simpson in Which Way Western Man. And, and in the same fashion, uh, you could say in reverse order, as, as, as the average Negro in the United States is of approximately 25% white blood, which uh, lends them uh, the barest modicum of civility and advancement over their uh, African brethren, the Portuguese were on top of the world in the 1400s, and then for 100 years in excess of that, they ba mixed on the niggers. Based uh, on their seafaring, right? Right, because they were seafaring, and so, so there was no structure, and of course they were closer than there in Africa. So there was no social structure, just as there is now in the United States, against this mixing. And so just as happened in Portugal and, and Brazil, the same thing is happening, will happen, has happened to us. And yeah. this is what the Jew is promoting at every turn. And, and the, in the 21st century, the mind washing is just beyond belief. It's just and beyond belief. I'd like to interject, uh, uh, it was Disraeli, the first Jew to be the prime minister in England, and a Jew who said race is the key to history. And he, he mentions that in his novels, Coningsby and uh, Sybil. Sybil. He, he uh, explains how the, the, the Jews took great pride in keeping themselves distinct in and in a pure race. And uh, the guy who founded Zionism, uh, Herzl, uh, basically said that, yeah, what we're going to have is in Israel is National Socialism. And the Jews, and you'll see David Horowitz and the other liars at Front Page Magazine and the other neocons who will go to great lengths to talk about these links between Arabs and Nazis, but what they won't tell you is that the Zionists work hand-in-glove with the Nazis. The Zionists 
and the Germans had the same goal. It wasn't exterminating the Jews. It was getting them like, look, we cannot get along with your people. Now get them out of here. And okay, you want Palestine? We'll we'll get you out of there. They even Ergun even offered to uh, send a battalion to fight with Hitler. So the Jews cover up that part of history. Jews play up or, or downplay whatever serves their interests at the time. They're just simply liars. They're liars. Well, I, guess, I guess they would have us believe we have to judge the 500 rampaging nogs on an individual basis. They're 10% black on average ages. And what, what Alex was just saying about the Jews and how long this has gone on, Karl Marx's general counsel in 1864 was promulgating this stuff. We're still in the war with these people. We will be in a war probably 100 years hence. So just accept it. And all these Jews in our country, who do we see? Well, we see that literal cocksucker, Barney Frank, up there with his uh, uh, mouth that doesn't work. He's a Jew. Uh, Diane Feinstein, Barbara Boxer, Chucky Schumer, Howard Berman in California constantly enabling the invaders uh, to take over La Raza, that state. Just one Jew show after another. Phil Spector up there with uh, uh, Judge Joan Lefkow saying, we've got to stop these people are talking about their judges. Stop them. Stop them. How dare well, it they just, just goes on and on. It just won't shut the fuck up. Can you imagine asking each and every one of those 500 knocks, why, why did you just decide to go out and um, rob and, and, and uh, beat people up? And then you get one response, well, uh, 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 uh. So, so they brought them here, and they would be like the, ran the ranch uh, supervisors form, and they'd call them supervisors' houses they'd have. But the point is, in their culture, it's well known that they're part nigger. It's no secret. They, they, they don't like to talk about it, but you know, certain numbers of them will mention. So yeah, that's well, I've been to Portugal, and uh, there are some, or I would say, in fact, you could even say the majority, at least those in Portugal, are more Latinesque, uh, more uh, Italianized, uh, or more Italian. Uh, the nigger. Now, they're the dark. I lived with them in Montreal, too. I lived in Montreal in the Portugal section. I know what they are. I, lived I know they're all over, like, Boston. Man, that's a great stuff you posted, Aegis, on the uh, that photo, man. That might even make its way into TAA number three. Yeah, it's, it's like, like Miami. Guess, guess with a caption like, guess where this is taking place. Yeah. Miami, Newport News, Virginia, Portugal, Brazil. You know, <laughs> could be fucking any one of a hundred places. Yeah, well, can you imagine what the Jews would have done with that photo as a civil rights uh, uh, piece? A uh, black man beaten down by the police, you know? Fuck, I'd love to see him blast his brains out. <laughs> when I saw off. that picture, I just kept thinking of those uh, southern cops' fire hose and those civil rights protesters. I'm thinking, man, they were as, as, as rambunctious and out of control back then as they are now. And... They were they were doing what they had to do. Well, they were they were what they don't tell you in that civil rights stuff is they were trashing places and they were screwing in public and uh, uh, they hushed all that up. Absolutely obscene. That whole civil rights thing is just a big it's a big dumb show for the fucking morons. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's taken else. it's taken instances and PR spinning it into something totally uh, uh, totally opposite of what it was. Oh yeah. Uh, if you, if you look at these rampaging Negroes, you know exactly what they were fighting against. And by God, uh, yeah. as a white person, you can't help but have empathy with the uh, Southern police. And, and, and but it, it all comes back to media control. It's just like the CNN. All oh, these poor little black security guards were asked some questions. Boo hoo! Is there racism going on? 
They're fucking evil bastards. Well, CNN the is housed in one building down in Atlanta. You know, you ever yeah. been in there? They got it like in inside the uh, I forget what it's called, but I've been in there a bunch of times. Well, we have a separate instance of TNB that deserves a note. Um, yeah, it's regarding a uh, club uh, that sponsored hip hop nights. The club held hip hop nights every Sunday starting in 1998. I guess it was cool back then, at which about 75% of the customers were black. Most came from outside Portsmouth. During those functions, four to five police cars were parked outside the club. Why that? And officers were often confrontational with Confront- black patrons. They were David confrontating with the McNiggers and shit. I don't mean to so, interrupt. They, of I can't treat these goddamn nigger stories. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to cancel the license and... and the the allegation of racism is coming up in their defense. Uh, I smell racism personally. I don't know about you two, but this has a stench of racism all over it. Chain, are you yeah, smelling racism? One interesting part of this. Chain, you have a you have a glorious nose. This fellow Chain, you the slightest slightest atom of racism. Do you smell racism here? Because I smell racism. I think Club Spin is an honest proprietorship aimed at providing entertainment and, and malt liquor, people of goodwill <laughs> of any color. It was a social club. Social club. Yeah. Well, there's the one guy who's called Russ. Said the club, which was most popular during Sunday night hip hop nights, had become a public safety concern. Police were spread thin dealing with incidents outside the club, and he was concerned about underage drinking. While owners of other clubs strategized with police to address security issues, the Kilties. Thumbed their noses at the system. They have plaintiffs alleged that officers harassed black customers. I think that's a figure of speech when they say thumbed their nose at the system. All right, this another bad joke. Of course, New Hampshire, too. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say this is this is like in fucking Alaska or something. This is not in Atlanta or Buckhead or uh, or Newport News, Virginia, or uh, any one of the other. How many boons are in New Hampshire? What do they have to drive up from Massachusetts or New York or what? Isn't I mean, New Hampshire one of the whitest states? Or am I thinking yeah. of Vermont, where it's still like 98%? Vermont and Maine are too. incredibly white, but I would think New Hampshire would be. Wherever they go, it ain't the place, it's the race. And check this. One of the guys in the, uh, in the uh, organization that owned the club is Robert Shanes, who's a former mayor of Portsmouth. And guess what he's an alumni of, alumnus of, I guess it is? Uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center. He got no in, uh, kidding. Jumo Deez's training. Yeah. No kidding. What did he... Uh, that's a you... fun fact. What a racist insensitive. He better go back for a, a refresher sabbatical or something. Well, this isn't guy, hip-hop a civil right? Yeah, you bet it is. This guy, Mo, this guy, you should have flunked him. Come on. You can hop Robert however Shane. you want, man. It's your constitutionally protected right. There's no hate right. in the hip-hop game. You got a daughter, Mr. Shane? Send her out there with those niggers. Come on, Mr. Shane. This guy's running this? Oh, he, yeah. he owns it, and he rents this out to some of his... Ace Boone Coon to hold this little uh, jig jamboree every Sunday, which I'm sure is real pleasant for anything within two or three hundred square miles. And, They're uh, celebrating your diversity. Diversity. So here he was turned off by the Kilties' non-business-like way that they wanted to do business with us. I can imagine that. He did all about the paper caper, nigger. <laughs> Probably hovering they over and yelling the nigger tune to the, beat the band. Yeah. You try to play me that way, nigger. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the long green. He's probably trying to Jew in on the profits. 
Look, you want to have your little monkey conclave? I understand yeah. that. It's just good business. And Treating the kilties like they're a $10 that. hole. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know, you'll do what you want to do. This guy wants to get his little cut, maybe forward a nice little donation to Morris, the homosexual bees. And, uh, you know, it's just sad. And good business is sad. <laughs> this, this, is econo- this is America's economy, right? Entertainment. We don't manufacture jack squat anymore, but we uh, we have uh, we have hip hop clubs operating on Sunday. You know, it's not like these these creatures need to get to work on Monday morning. And you know, every couple of weeks there's going to be a drive by, uh, and uh, that that and then the police will need to provide needed services. And and sometimes I think that niggers are just a plot on governments or to raise people who require their services. I mean. Government rolls its own. I mean, niggers and Mexicans are the perfect people because they demand all these services that, of course, only government can supply. And think about an honest, upright white man, and what need has he of government? If you think about it, almost nothing. You almost never need the government. If foreign people attack you, maybe you need a little defense, but, you know, that's not very likely. If you're a stable, sane nation, you have a sane immigration policy. And, and it's, it's blacks that, you know, give jobs to the police. Otherwise, the, the firemen have nothing to do. You know, police have little to do other than try to chase down meth. It's Sunday Night Hip Hop. That's when the best TNB stories come out on the Internet from all the local TV websites on uh, Monday after Saturday night and Sunday night. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's when they come out. The best mayhem. Yeah. Anyway, they like their hip hop. I like my uh, hip hop stories. And this is in New Hampshire. It's everywhere. Yeah, okay. I guess they had a temporary liquor license. It's it's a it's a nigger social club. Did you get that? That's the funny part of it. That, that's how they were chartered, literally as some sort of social. You know, like yeah. a, what do you call it, to promote the black culture? They be gangsters and businessmen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how black sports stars are really into calling themselves businessmen, businessmen. Yeah. Wearing their suits, you know, in the games that they're not playing because they're injured. They probably got Jewish CPAs to tell them where to put their money. Uh, AEs put some real good things online about how these uh, black athletes in in, in these uh, different schools. The things that are given at the schools, and uh, I don't know. He was saying that one group, one school, they have a, a whole squadron of white girls who cleans their and paints their helmets before the games, and all these girls are sexually available to them. It's it's, it's a big mess. What's next? They just they just go on and on. Yeah, well, we got to change the whole here. name of the show to a Jew TNB. All right. Well, we could go on and on, but we're limiting <laughs> them to the to the 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 choice few here. Uh, we have a WGNU radio host accused of murder. His uh, race, of course, is black. This is a good uh, one. This is a really good one. This, this one reminds me of... Go ahead. <laughs> this was a success story till about a week ago. Yeah, he's a conservative. He's a conservative. Let's not malign him too severely there. <laughs> uh, just he's a conservative. Well, yeah. uh, she was killed late. Saturday or Sunday night, authorities said. So it could have been at the hip-hop uh, uh, shindig, but uh, that we won't know. Um, it was his birthday. He was having his birthday party, uh, hitting the crack pipe like Mayor Barry and, and every other uh, self-respecting nigger, and they hit the crack pipe, and then the devil told him to, uh, to uh, uh, do her in. So he bit her nose, bit her face, slashed her left arm, as I recall, it's a love story, and that's why you're missing everything, you see. 
He, he right. followed his dick, and it's a love story. It's a nigger love story. Kovac had been beaten. Now, Kovac is the name of the woman. It sounds Polish. Kovac had been beaten on the head, kicked and punched. Her upper arm was slashed, and her nose and cheek were badly bitten. A knife was recovered. Was she attacked by a grizzly bear? I think it was a black bear. Is this a nature story? Is this on Wild Discovery? Is this a National Geographic special? It fairly begs for that treatment, doesn't it? Uh, what is it with niggers and crack pipes? Is it, is it like Indians and alcohol? I mean, what, what, what is it? But, Craig, a deeper question, what is it with niggers and eating people? <laughs> do they taste that good? Uh, he was just genetically keyed to do that. Well, that's possible. You know, there was a case of Antron Singleton, the big lurch out in L.A. This was about two years ago. And he was a hip-hop artist, and he had a big, uh, uh, a big hit record. But they found him out on some street in L.A. looking up at the sky. What's that Hendrix that, song? That's the exact Purple Haze or the bring sky? Up. Purple Haze, yeah. Jimmy Hendrix. What was the sky? Excuse me while I kiss the sky. Yeah, Antron Singleton. Excuse me while I eat this guy. That's what the actual <laughs> lyrics were. No, he, he had his girlfriend's lung in his mouth. The thing is, it's like, it doesn't matter how many quarters you put in these niggers' pockets. They're still niggers. I mean, what was that What was that Popeye Martin freak, that little, that scrawny little black dude who, uh, you know, he's a movie star, has made all kinds of money, Martin Lawrence, and they found him running around whacked out in the middle of the street. We need some real, real good entertainment. I think we're going to have to do that ourselves on VNN TV. <laughs> we'll create our own little documentary of, of niggers who think they're rap stars but are really cannibals. Uh-huh. There's a lot of them out there, man. I was researching this today over in the Congo, man. They, they take some woman's uh, two kids and they, they literally stick them in a pot. <laughs> Times of pressure, you got to go back to the, <laughs> you got to go back to successful traditions, man. Well, listen, they got every governmentalized nigger talking about Putin this week. He started talking about African cannibalism. Did you see that? I was dying. <laughs> I started like four in the morning. I was laughing. Well, yeah, that's Tony Blair didn't know what to say. Brought up from Tony Blair, too. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't they at some type of conference where they wanted to send untold millions uh, to uh, to uh, Africa? Yeah, that boner from Ireland wants to, you know, oh, forgive them their debts. He said Africans have a tradition of eating their uh, adversaries, and we in Russia don't do that, so we're not really in any way comparable to Africans. Well, the international Jew media is putting down Putin and his civil rights, and this goes back to the Jew oligarchs, which we've covered on previous Goy fires. Yeah. So, but let's so let's the, reiterate that point, though, Craig. Why don't sure. you? Uh, what what is the point there? Why why are the international controlled media after Putin right now? Well, the Jewish billionaires fled after fleecing the Russian oil, uh, the, the the people's assets, their natural resources, and you know I guess they have the second most oil in the world next to Saudi. Maybe even the most proven reserves now. It's just a fantastical amount. And then, and then they, two of them fled to Israel, and one of them's in prison was convicted a couple of weeks ago. And so now the international uh, Jewish press is constantly uh, caressing about civil rights and is freedom. Are, are they reverting back to their yeah. Jew commie ways? So, so the big picture here is that, as someone who may be a Russian nationalist asserts. Russian control over Russia, the international Jewish press starts its usual clamor about, oh, he's not a Democrat, with Democrat being a code word for Jew-controlled. You're only Democratic when the Jews certify you as such, and that means that somebody who is a Jew or who is controlled by them is running things in their interest against yours. It's not enough that they killed, you know, 60, 70, 80, 100 million people last century. They've got to screw it. And, and then... 
as Chance had sold all their resources and made hundreds of billions for themselves. They, they haven't done enough to Russia, these wonderful Yidden. Now these people run your country, America. Send your sons off to die in Iraq. Uh, are you happy with that? You shouldn't be. And, you know, in the Hutu and Tutsi and all these things, there have been constant cases. Those of us who read the South African press or the Zimbabwe, it's right there online. Anybody can look it up. I mean, it's just open information. You're not going to see it in the AP or Reuters most generally. You might see the occasional mention of it. But if you look at it, as, as you're saying, they just they toss babies into the pot. They go here. They, they cut this one up, and they think it's going yeah. to give them a sexual power or like a rhinoceros horn or something. Well, I mean, you're dealing babies with... Babies penis, babies nuts. I don't know. These are creatures with... 60, 65 IQ points. I mean, they're they're barely at the level. They're basically re- retarded, and they believe in ghosts. Almost all of them. They believe in spooks and superstitions and charms. And the Hutus and the Tutsis are just two rival tribes in the same space who go at it and uh, slaughter each other. And that's the way of the world. Diversity equals death. It doesn't. It doesn't mean. We don't all get along. We all stick to our own kind. And when the kinds are forced together at gunpoint, as the Jews have done in America, they conflict. And one side wins and the other side loses. And, and there's violent warfare between them. Now, white man, if you want to live in a stable, sane world, you have to defend yourself. That's what this show is all about. Inspiring white self-recognition and white resistance to Jewish tyranny. Right. Well, part of that is uh, getting reconnected with our history. And uh, a, a very interesting story broke uh, this last week uh, regarding Europe's oldest um, col- uh, civilization. And I quote, uh, While Greece and Italy have so far laid claim to Europe's oldest civilizations, Germany's struggling eastern regions seem set to challenge this. That's because one of the most complex centers of what's likely Europe's oldest civilization has been discovered in Dresden as archaeologists have unearthed traces of the ancient culture across the continent. More than 150 large temples constructed between 4800 BC and 4600 BC have been unearthed in fields and cities in Germany, Austria, and Slovakia, predating the pyramids in Egypt by some 2,000 years. Well, how about that? How about that? You know, they, they like to make the jibe, well, your ancestors were running around in caves. We Jews were all civilized and advanced, or, or they'll advance that claim of other colored people. But, in fact, just as we see that they lie about American history, they lie about European history. Well, they were they were running, they were living in caves, and they were also building these incredible, huge temples. So, kind of puts everything in a whole new light. Just as we see that with Jewish history, there's less there than meets the eye, since most of what they claim is history is simply made up lies that, that never happened. There's more to European history than meets the eye. They're deliberately downplaying. See, they play it in, in history. To go to the biggest picture, what, what the Jews do when they control a country is to create a false history, and not just of the nation, but of the world. And they select maybe a few hundred high points, and that's what everybody is taught, and a few dozen works of literature that make the political points they want, and that's all that is taught. And that is the agenda and the framework and what you're supposed to, and what constitutes the knowledge of an educated person. But the reality is completely different. So they teach that, oh, our, our Jews, we started monotheism. We were the first civilization in the world. And then when you actually 
leave school and you have time to read real history, you come to find stuff like this, like, oh, there never were any Jews in Masada. Oh, there never were any Jews who were enslaved in Egypt. Oh, the Europeans weren't living in caves. They were building temples thousands of years ago. So reality is completely different from what you're taught in the Jew media. Yeah, one, of the the experts, one of the experts is quoted here. Um, Our excavations have revealed the degree of monumental vision and sophistication used by these early farming communities to create Europe's first truly large-scale earthwork complexes. Yeah, and there the were palisades, and, palisades yeah. and ramparts, and palisades are, are posts in the ground, and the ramparts, of course, are piled ditches as a rampart is a military uh, barricade used to be. Uh, in earlier days of warfare, World War One and such. But the interesting thing about it to me is one of the factors about Jew control is there were two links on this earlier in the week under Google News. And if this were some podunk uh, American Indian village in New Mexico or Washington State, we'd probably just be uh, inundated with the news. It would be on the blurbs on all the cable network and on and on. And this is our history. Uh, the same thing in, in, with, with uh, Jews in Israel when they floated that sarcophagus, that little portable box a few years ago that was supposedly, I think, John the Baptist, was it? Or was it yeah, Jesus's, was that who Jesus's it was? Jesus' homosexual twin yeah, burial like box that they were trying to sell on eBay. Yeah, and, and it turns out the whole thing was bogus. Uh, Big surprise. And, uh, yeah, and what about our history? You know, why isn't this, uh, the Germans are covering this. In fact, when I was researching this story, I found one uh, on Der Spiegel, and they talk about a clay image, which is the oldest fired clay image found. It was fired at over 300 degrees, and it's from the same period ages you talked about in this story. And this was done in Leipzig. I don't know if it's the exact same culture, but it was pretty darn close because it's contemporaneous to it. And these are phenomenal discoveries, just as a, the uh, Sokarian uh, mummies are. And again, this is our these are, we're still 60% of this country. Hey, where's the news? Give us the news about our own media and get off our public airways. And if you don't like that, well, you know what? We may just have to come face-to-face with you over the next 40 years, and it's not going to be too pleasant. We may no, not we, wait to see it. Some, yeah. it, it you know, Craig's anger is summed up in the phrase, it's coming, and, and all that that implies. And it's coming means the revenge of people like the Parkers up in Massachusetts, whose little boy is not taught about monumental vision and sophistication of early Europeans far before any other people on earth. He's taught about homosexuals marrying in these schools that are run to the Jewish agenda using Jewed out books. And we're extremely angry about that. And there is going to come change, and we want you to join with us who are listening. Right Right now I'm Googling uh, Europe's oldest civilization, three words. And uh, the top story uh, comes up, civil rights murder defending goes to hospital. And it's... uh, a story about an accused mastermind in the 1964 slayings of three civil rights workers in Mississippi. This has 1,071 related stories. Europe's oldest civilization has three. And one of them's in Taiwan, the other one's in Sofia, Bulgaria, and the rest are dead. Yeah. Well, they've got a few more under... But only a few more under... uh, I did Europe temples on Google News, and they've got 180, but I, I don't think most of them relate to this story. Maybe four or five do. So, you know, this, this is before Jibu, you know, around zero, right? This is, this is, this is as far before, this is farther before G, 
Jesus, if he existed being crucified, is, is far before that, farther before that than we are past that. This is like 5,000 years ago. They're building on it. If you think about it, think about the white people you know, and think about their incredible variety of talents. And, and you can understand 7,000, Alex, pardon me, it's 7,000 years 7, ago. 7,000 years ago. And you think about how talented white people are and how diverse their, their abilities, and it, it's completely plausible that basically everything that was ever created was created by us. And that's why these colored people led by the Jews must deny us our heritage and the right to understand who we are and what we mean and what we've meant to each other and to the rest of the world, which is basically drafting off our achievement. These articles we have linked from bnnforum.com, they also talk about these cults in Europe. And when I say cults, I mean they were uh, religio-social groups uh, who were organized, but they call them a cult because they were in, in, in some cases involved in the sexual things. For instance, they found one fort of this area or, the, or, or temple with three breasts facing outwards, three female breasts. It's quite fascinating. And, me, uh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't even understand what pregnancy was, of course, but these are twenty to 30,000 years ago, and the same with the cave paintings from France. And believe me, no matter how much of a Christian you are, this is way ahead of Jesus, or way before, I should say. Yeah. And so, come on. You know, Jesus was real, a wrong term. It's here. White it's race part group. of your genetics. Get interested. Get involved. The, the, Christian, the Christian bigots claim that basically everything in the West and the West itself came from Christianity, but that is a lie. Everything that we see that's of value in the West existed before Christianity. The good part of Christianity was the Aryan part. Nothing new that the Christians did was good. The good was already there. As, as stories like this increasingly show, a lot of this stuff is just covered up or liter literally covered up in, in dirt and figuratively covered up by the Jews because they downplay what they do have. And, and when the truth comes out, they like to rebury it. Like Kennewick Man, the European descended a skeleton out in Washington that they dumped 500 tons of dirt on and then planted trees on. They don't want you to know about your past. They will literally and figuratively bury it up or cover it up. But uh, right, well, I want to make one point here before I leave it and then, then you just say what you're going to say. But my point is you've got to keep your kid out of a public school. And what you do is you print out articles about this and you have your kid read up on this and then you sit there and discuss this with him. And in that way, in half an hour, your kid has a better understanding of, of your own people and where you came from and what it means and what tradition he's carrying on than he will ever get in public school, and I mean all the way through Ph.D. Well, again, I think a lot of Christians are reaching out for a moral system, and the only moral system mm -hmm. offered up to them is Christianity. It's like uh, Kool-Aid for the, for the soul. And uh, yeah. if they were to dig a bit deeper into our heritage, they would find all types of uh, very moral, very upright, and very healthy systems uh, that, that, you know, uh, go a long way into making responsible, honorable citizens. And um, you really do have to dig deep because it's not, it's not being plastered on the telephone poles. Uh, this is the way. Um, and another point, you know, there are pagans. They said, well, the, the Christians, they came in, they destroyed the old temples and built their churches right on top of them. So the conservatives who make the argument that Christianity was the culture bringer to Europe, uh, from a pagan standpoint, they were actually the destroyers of native European culture. Yeah, well, European culture went a certain way under Christianity, but it was Aryan genius that built the Christian churches. It wasn't, it wasn't Christian genius that did it.
And the same thing, I mean, the greatest inventors of the white race are not Christians. They're people like Edison, who created more than probably all Christians put together out of his own head. He was an atheist. And, and the, the guy who made the discovery of the DNA was Crick, who was also a complete atheist. So reason, logic, evidence, uh, logical chains, and honor have nothing to do with Christianity. The Christianity today, Christianity may include some ideas in some worlds that, that are worth accepting, but those are not peculiar to Christianity. What's peculiar to Christianity is how adaptable it is to whatever the political power is. And that could be uh, that could be slavery yesterday, and it could be multiculturalism today. So that Christianity has nothing to stand on to oppose the very things that are killing us. We do have something. We say fight. We don't. We say don't turn the other cheek to these Jews and these and the colors that they're using to destroy us. We say fight back. We say don't import Somalis. Don't import these bush these bush scum from Africa because all people are equal and they all have souls and they're all important. We say defend yourself, your family, your community, and your race like a man, like Aryans have always done. And damn it, if Christianity is the problem, then get rid of it. If thine eye defend thee, then pluck it out. Well, this goddamn eye is defective, cancerous, and the, the, the humor of it needs to be splatted and knocked out. Get rid of it. Cut it out. I mean, it's, it's, it's seen falsely. And as far as this... This lunacy that we've always been a Judeo-Christian nation. Look in any dictionary before around 1959. The word Judeo-Christian is not in there. Why yeah, it came in about 20 years after the word racism, which was also never used at all. It was a curse word invented by, by Lenin and, and given currency through the Jewish press. And he's exactly right. Judeo-Christian did not exist before a few decades ago. And it's all based on bogus interpretations of the Bible, and they're always queered in the same way to support the Jewish agenda, and most of the Christians are simply not intelligent enough to understand what's going on. Yeah, which and is why it brings me back again to the point that I think Christianity is, is a fake opposition, because uh, if they get them to adopt Christianity, or if they get them to adopt the worldview that Christianity is being attacked, then they, um, they don't realize that uh, uh, Christianity is, is inherently working against their interests uh, politically, um, and well, it's being used. To the extent Christianity wars with biological fact, you are crazy to follow it. And today it is, it is completely opposed to biology, the biology of racial differences. And every pastor and priest out there will tell you that racism is a sin today. But you know what? Fifty years ago they all would have said exactly the opposite. You know, the road to hell is paved with priests, and priests are basically a dishonorable hey, form of humanity. They always have been. They've always been like down on by most people. For a good reason. Before you get too far away from that 50 years ago and racism and, and Christianity, I wanted to mention that a lot of you people live in urban areas or even small cities or places like Kirksville now. Where hey, Mexican, that's me. Yeah. Okay, look. <laughs> Sorry for my inappropriate with her. <laughs> no, these Mexicans are all over, and, and we're told, oh, we, they share a common religion with us. Well, check out how aggressive they're family they people. are. They're, yeah. Yeah, in their looks, in their attitude towards you. Uh, of course, if you're a white woman, it's probably you're seeing things a little different because they're probably ogling you and uh, uh, coming on with uh, what you probably think is a, a real nice repartee and uh, uh, <laughs> pitter patter. I don't know. Yeah, and so, you but, saw you saw Crazy Loco. You want to get no, you a spit boyfriend? Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> they're not quite as cool as niggers, but gosh darn, they're about eighty percent of the way there. 
the point is, how come spit Christians are, are so darn racially aggressive and white Christians are so amenable to whatever Jewish press tells them? The Catholics can't account media. for that. Because all that matters is the individual and his holy soul. Christianity created individualism. <laughs> Whether or not that's going to kill us all. <laughs> Just like the Jews created monotheism. No, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, somebody had the idea, uh, the Egyptians had the idea, there's one God. All kinds of people had that idea. And what's so great about that idea anyway? I mean, there's no... It's it's basically Christian bigotry is what it is. It, it, it's It's... Christianity is simply dangerous today. It's dangerous to thinking civilized white people. And if you think it's a solution, you need to clean out your ears and listen to what your priest is actually saying. Listen to what your pastor is telling you. He is advocating yeah. things that are against your family's interests. Yeah, it gives the moral veneer to self-destructive political um, opinions. Yeah, I, I think that's actually that's worth expanding on a little because one of the deepest problems people have is believing that the stuff that uh, we hear are saying on Goyfire, that our position is immoral. And nobody's done more to spread that than the, the Jews and the media, but second to that are these bought-off churches. And the, the, the further point I was going to make was that 50 years ago, all these churches were racist. Today they're not. That comes from a combination of a private threat from the media and public threat from the government, which really are the same threat. They're just... Uh, different arms of the same octopus reaching out to strangle anybody who disagrees with their agenda. Well, the Fed said, look, if you don't come down on the side of anti-racism, we're going to cut off your uh, your tax benefits. Churches don't pay taxes. They don't pay property taxes. So they could, they could cut that off and just declare you're not a church anymore. So that all these churches go along, and the Jews have infiltrated these, these seminaries, so half the, half the priests are homos anyway, and the rest of them are almost dead. So you've got an eaten-out institution. And uh, we have to deal with the church as it is, not what it could be, what it should be, what it once was. We have to deal with the church as it is. And what it is right now is a great and grave threat to the white race. And it's backing the Jew agenda in every single particular that I am aware of. All right, well, speaking of which, we have this uh, recent murder. We unfortunately didn't make it into our TMB section, but uh, Lindsay Bonestall is probably a good Christian, 20 years old at the University of Delaware, who was recently murdered by the six-year convict felon James E. Cook, another Nog convert. Um, this Jane, is a you, yeah, particularly Jane, grisly story that I know Chain has something to say. Do, Describe what he did to her, Shane. Um, yeah, just I feel a little emotional about it. Just give me a second here. He lived 200 feet from her. He burst into her apartment, and he raped her. He strangled her. He threw her in her bathtub, and then he set her on fire. And he left some writing on the wall, which nobody will talk about. Nobody knows what it is. It's probably racial. You know, I, I said in one interview, I said, maybe, maybe it was something as innocuous as I had a real good time. And uh, this nigga beast worked at uh, Payless Shoe Source, and uh, he was a six-year felon. He'd been done two stretches, one four years, one two years. Lindsay was a student in journalism, so she would have been doing kind of what we're doing. She'd matured enough. I mean, I, I, I posited, I, I thought, I wondered out loud, what if Lindsay would have known this was going to happen to her? Do you think she'd have the attitude we have on BNN? And Do you uh, think she would have reported this if it happened to one of her classmates? Yeah. If she had known this would happen, well, she has a Jewish professor there, Ben Yagoda in Pennsylvania, and uh, pardon me, University of Delaware. He's a Jew. 
that's her, uh, he's the head of the journalism department, and she wrote some articles for the Review, which is the Delaware, University of Delaware paper. And her dad came to town, Mark Bonestell, she's from Westchester County, and he uh, called this guy, um, what was it, uh, an animal, I think, in one case, which is a little too reserved for my taste, but it's pretty far gone for these days for somebody to say that. That's as close as they'll come to saying nigger. And uh, we sent him a Aryan alternative number two. Hibernian did that. Excellent. So that's in the mail. You should probably get that tomorrow or the next day. And I interviewed a few people about this case. Dan will have it up today probably. By the time you hear this, it'll be up. But a couple of them, one were two sisters, a white sister and a, and a half-black, half-white sister of hers. Now, <laughs> this James E. Cook, 34 years old, he told them he had nine kids. So this is the thing. Mexispex and, and, and uh, Negroes are producing at a phenomenal rate, and whites are not. You know, they want their vacations, they want their beamers or whatever. It's got to stop worldwide. I've heard Alex say he's going to have a lot of children. I thought to myself, well, you know, that's really great because we need kids with real high IQs. But yeah, this well, guy produced nine of these, uh, you know, Shirley Q. Liquor kids, according it, to you himself. And Chain wasn't, remember, old dirty bastard? Didn't he die? Didn't he leave behind like 13 illegitimate kids? That fucking nigger rapper? So each nigger generation is like, I've heard the figure 30%, but I don't know for absolute fact uh -huh. that it's 30% it's bigger than the, than the last one. And you, uh -huh. that means you get, you know, at least 30% more of this kind of garbage. How many, I'll bet you at least two or three of these, these little shits that this thing produced, uh, this, this guy who murdered these, these uh, good-looking white girl who could have been your sister or your daughter, one day your mother, uh, I'll bet you at least two or three of them end up committing murder in their lifetime. Yeah, it's you know, really, like she's a very beautiful young woman, and uh, she's just a child, really, 20s, just, just out of age 19. I mean, it, it's hard to stop thinking about, and this stuff happens essentially two or three times a week. And I want to pick up on that point. Yeah. You who are listening to this may remember a few years ago when supposedly there was a rash of fires burning down all these nigger churches. The USA today did a big cover story on it, and they pursued a whole civil rights investigation the Department of Justice did. And it turned out it was just a bunch of niggers burning down their churches for insurance money. Well, here's a real thing. Here's something that Chain says. This happens all the time, all the time. Week in, week out, white girls are raped, abused, and murdered by these goddamn coons that were loosed on us by the Jews. And when we go into a town with a wonderful paper full of... Uh, you know, all kinds of stories like this, uh, as Chain wrote our, our cover story for number two that we're sending to this poor woman's uh, father, uh, they call us hate. They just ran a couple stories down in uh, TV reports in Tampa and uh, Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. They show our paper, and, you know, we're haters. We're never given any other motive, but hate is motivating our describing to you what is very likely to happen to your daughter. And, and maybe she doesn't get raped and murdered. Maybe she just gets abused, insulted, grabbed, and pinched. You know, there's a sliding scale of this stuff, but it goes on all the time, and the Jews who control the media hush it up, just like they hush up the murders and just obscenities that are being committed in Iraq under our name. This guy, James E. Cook, when he worked at the shoe store, he worked at two of them, and he told one girl he worked with that he was going to be famous someday. Remember his name. Remember his face. And she said that when they were in the back of the shoe shop, you know, he could go back and get shoes or whatever. She said, oh, he was a real good singer, real nice guy, really danced and sang all night long. And I thought, well, it sounds like some sort of a vaudeville, uh, uh, you know, minstrel show in the, back, uh, in the back room going on. 
And you know, this is what they think of themselves. They're they're they're, they're yeah. every man's Mr. Smooth, Mr. Lover Boy. You can see it all over their media. And their their songs and their so-called and, and Shane, yeah. let, let's let's look at the motive here. Here we got a guy working at Payless Shoes. If he's a white guy, he's thinking, all right, well, it's it's a humble job, but I save my money and I move on up. The nigger, all he's doing is he's going home and he's drinking and, and smoking pot and he's watching MTV and he's seeing Pimp My Ride. He's going, fuck, man, I ain't yeah. be big pimp and I'd be driving, you know, shitty little, uh, you know, broken down Honda or something. And he's like, well, I listen, don't have money to buy gold rims for it. And he gets mad. He gets angry. Quite obviously, so his probation officer... Uh, forced him to get a job, employment. You know, he, uh, that's a condition of his probation, I'm sure. Because yeah, well, he wasn't. Kids, he he, a lot of welfare. He wasn't there. pimping big enough for his taste, and he saw it was probably never going to happen. And he's he's gonna he's gonna create a name for himself somehow. And, and you talk about the liquor store monsters. The the half black sister. And I found out she was half black while talking to her. She said, "Oh, he wouldn't come out. He was she was just giving him a ride because her sister said, can you give this ride guy a ride home?'" She said. He was just lingering inside the liquor store. And then when he came out, he got in her car, took control of the radio. And she yeah. said, how she said, I just got a vibe off him. And then she said something, and I realized she had black patois. And I said, are you, pardon me, are you, are you uh, uh, your sister is white, but it sounds like you either have a great familiarity with the black culture or you're black. She says, oh, yeah, well, I'm half black. My sister's white, but I'm half black. So here it is. And she's younger, too. So she... Well, the white girl had an implicit trust and admiration. Great singer, great dancer, oh, real nice damn. guy. The black yeah. could immediately, genetically, or streetwise, combination of those, intuit what this guy was about. She said, he was just evil to me, and I wanted to kick him out of the car right there. You know, as they say, they have, people say they have gaydar or judar. You've got to have kundar, women. You've got to realize <laughs> that these are fucking animals who are set on you. They're, you are a figure of desire to them. You are basically something... A, a treasure to be possessed, yeah. not to be admired, but to be used up and discarded yeah. like a watermelon. They and consider it their duty to, to pollute you. That's their duty as a being. It's it's their duty. And what you have to understand is that the people who are protecting you are your father's sons and brothers. But they are, by law, they are prevented from doing, from making the generalizations and the, the general uh, fortifications that would prevent you from being uh, basically despoiled, ravaged, and killed by these creatures. By Jula. You have by to protect Jula. yourself. Now, Craig... I want you to emphasize more strongly, you did a bunch of interviews related to this story. Who all did you talk to that people can hear, and where can they get it? Well, it'll be up on the front page by the time they hear this, unless another story comes along. But let me see. I interviewed, uh, I, I called her home, and uh, Who's I'm home? pretty sure it was her mom. It was a female there. The, the woman who was her, killed. I, yeah, I actually used the word, you know, I get emotional about it, so I actually used the word yeah. uh, nigga beast. And I said, uh, I said, I'm so, we're so sorry for this, what this nigga beast did to your child. And she said, thank you. She didn't hang up and say, uh, you know what, this is where the conversation ends. She did a little bit after that, but the point is, she knew what I said. So yeah. these yeah, people well, are seething inside. Don't wait till you lose a, a child or a mother or a sister or... You, your chances in life are reduced because of, uh, of Jewish favoritism in university before you begin to see. Do it yeah. now. I, I want to reinforce that and say to, to, to white fathers and white brothers, you need to teach your sisters and your mothers and your daughters the truth about what is going on in America. Right now, that's what you can do. And part two is you join with men like us, and we get rid of the Jews because make no mistake, Craig's talking about the symptoms and niggers. Well, niggers are a known entity. They're always going to do this. And the Jews who loosed them on us, the, who loosed these rabid beasts on us, are the problem that has to be dealt with. 
Until we deal with the Jews, the nigger problem will only get worse as each generation succeeds the last and is 30% larger. So you need to teach the females in your family that it's basically open season on them because of the Jews who control the country, and you need to join with us, and we need to do something about the Jews. Okay, it's that way, plain and simple. I don't care what region of the country you're from. I don't care whether you're rich and poor. We all have to have the same objective here and get the goddamn Jews taken care of. And that is what Goyfire is about. Right. We're hearing still today about the Holocaust. So, uh, the Holocaust. Still, we quote, yeah, we're hearing about the fucking Holocaust. We're not hearing about this woman and, and what made it possible. And it pissed right. me off. 65 years after the fact. It ain't going away. It's going to get fucking louder. Tarts. And, I'm uh, sick of hearing about it. And it is, these are bogus atrocities. They never even happened in the first place. The, the Holocaust is $6 billion based on $4 million at Auschwitz, which has now been reduced by honest people to under 100000 So it's all a bunch of lies, Jewish lies. The reality is Bonestal's tortured, burned body, okay? Not any fucking Holocaust. That's the real Holocaust, what Jews have done to white people. Listen, man, we, we've got another case. I, I don't want to get off because they, they just will call me down on that. But And I'm not going to mention I'm just going to mention But exactly what they did in Zimbabwe. They're doing the same thing in New York. Yankee Jim told me about this. And we'll have constant stories about this. In this case, it was a fruit farmer. Uh, I think there's three spicks and, and, and two Africans uh, ran in there, stabbed the guy to death. So it's just as it's happening in Zimbabwe and South Africa. They're and actually Craig, going to the farms, which produce our food, and yeah. killing the farmers. It's begun. I, I, white people listening to this, you, you need to realize that there were basically 60 to 100 million people in Eastern Europe killed. And what they did was the, the commissars in the Soviet Union, the commissars were political army officers, 90% of whom were Jews. They would simply circle these towns out in the Ukraine and starve them to death. They wouldn't let anybody in or out. And all the women and the children would die first. And then finally there would be a few fit young men left and they'd shoot them in the head. Or a few of them they would ship off to the Arctic Circle to die. And so the Jews are rabid killers. And, Craig, why don't you tell us, you did some actual reporting on this case, too, uh, on the, uh, the, the killing of the farmer in the U.S. Yeah, I'm afraid it's getting a little bit off topic. I mean, look, this guy, there were, I don't know how much you want to get into it. The one guy yeah, I, I called him up. Let's get into it. They're Puerto Ricans. The one guy said, I, I said, I want to talk about Hector, your son. And he goes, oh, well, oh, which Hector? Which Hector you mean? I said, Hector Jr., sir. I'm thinking he's talking about, is it, is it he or I? Oh, which Hector? He says, we did I have three. I have three. I so got three Hector amigos. And then I was reminded of the Shirley Q. Liquor Joker, or they say, how do you tell the children together? They're all named uh, Tyrone. And he says, he says, when I want to get it, so that's, I just call them by their last name. See, in other yeah. words, by the different fathers. True dad. Know, True dad. It's that like George Foreman, man. He has eight Ford, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Named and poor Hector. <laughs> Here's the story. You guys want to shed some tears over this one. Poor Hector was a good Christian. And, and, and his nigger brother-in-law, who was 34, he's, he's, Hector's yeah. only 26. Yeah. I'll, I'll, he's he's down the primrose path, and, 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 and they broke in this farmer's place, stabbed him to death. But and, now... Uh, now, Chain, by, by Catholic standards, he's a good Catholic man. He's breeding and multiplying, and his kind are taking over the earth. And each one of their individual souls of these murders is worth as much as yours and mine, because Jesus well, yeah, that's said right. that. Pray for the and that's why people resent the hectors coming into our country. People resent, people resent them because they're Catholic. That's what, that's what some of these Catholic intellectuals really believe. No, yeah, we, we care they're Catholic when they act like that. 
That's People resent Mexicans case. because they're goddamn Mexicans. That's and a clear case of, of anti-Catholicism. Yeah. Listen, this was a family affair. The, the guy who led it was, was black, and, and, and this was his brother-in-law. So his kids are half mestizo and half black, <laughs> and they're all in diapers. So I, I felt like asking, you know, where do we send money for uh, uh, pampers? I don't know. Oh, man. It just yeah, goes hey, on hey. and on. Can I interject something really disgusting? Please. The most disgusting thing I ever that. saw in life was a, a Mexican, like, two-year-old in a stroller with dried streams of snot out of both nostrils down to his fucking mouth. I almost fucking puked when I saw that. <laughs> and ever since then, I've had just an utter disdain for Mexican people. That just symbolizes their whole rotten race. And if you think they're any good, there's any good in Mexicans, and they're, oh, they're family people... As even even Joe Sobern has said, and I think he's slipping into his dotage, but uh, because he said he has no problem with the invasion of these Mexicans, you know they're just as good as anybody. Um, you read D.H. Lawrence's *The Plumed Serpent* if you want to see Mexicans will drag white people right down into the muddy gutter where they've never risen from. We need to separate from them at all costs, and the way to separate is to recognize that they're only here because the Jews control our immigration policy, and we got to mm-hmm. regain control of our country. Yeah. On that note, closing statements, Jane, Alex. I'd like to come out strongly <laughs> against Michael Jackson. I am not in favor of black men who turn themselves into white women, flating our white youth. I am against that. Bo Quimby. Stan, you may want to cut that. No. I don't have a closing <laughs> statement. I'm, I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm, I'm, I, I, wait, I do have a closing statement. My closing statement is I, I, I'm thankful for uh, the incredible work that uh, Shane has been doing. Uh, in addition, he's been passing out uh, TAAs in the flesh, and I hope he'll t- tell us on Goyfire about some of his experiences doing that and upcoming shows. Uh, he's, he, in addition to his writing the cover story, and he's been doing all kinds of incredible reporting work, all of which is accessible through GoVNN.com and on VNNForum.com. We encourage you listening in who have any kind of doubts or questions or you want more information, you find this fascinating stuff, write to us, alinder at kvmo.net. Join our forum, vnnforum.com. Join our forum. There's all kinds of people on there. They're from all over the world. They have interesting stories to discuss. We talk about all the news, and we, we, we look at it from a white perspective, from what is good for whites. And we've got, we've got every possible way to hook into your interest and, and your desires and, and to make you part of our community. We want to have you. Join us. And that's what I have to say for now, and uh, hope you've enjoyed listening. And maybe Chain has a few last words. I'll just say a little something about the TAA passout, and I want you to understand this. I would hold them open and only to white people, and then I would fold it up, and then I would flip it open where it says open season on whites, and it has a picture of a, of a white woman uh, essentially about to be uh, threatened by non-white men, and there's a column of those on her side. And... That's our the cover, reactions right? I got from white women were, and white men, the young ones, the young ones, I'd especially try to pass it out to groups of, of young people. Now, some of them were very receptive, don't get me wrong, but the ones who were not were so curious to me because they'd have, they'd have a non, um, what's the word with the non-sympathetic or the sympathetic nervous system? You know, they just have an involuntary reaction to it, and this has been trained into them. So their literal nerves jump at the word white. And, uh, they're scared. They're brainwashed. Some sick puppies, and uh, they uh, a few of them would roll their eyes. Uh, they they don't know what's inside. They just cannot. They turn away information. When when I was that age, I was just ravished for information, wrong, incorrect, amusing, 
a total, yeah. total balderdash. I wanted to see what was out there. And so their curiosity has actually been killed. And that's the way the Jews want it. They don't want them to be curious. They don't want them to succeed in school. Uh, if they did, the Jews would promote uh, uh, White Hillel. They're not going to do that. It's up to us. And uh, I can't top what Alex said, but I'm telling this, you, our young people are in a bad, bad way and getting worse. And a lot of it's this sick fucking youth culture. They're saying, oh, yeah, oh, that's, oh, that's what the kids like these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they all like hip-hop. Yeah, well, screw you. You know what? We're going to have a war over it. Wait and see. And it'll be a social war now, and in due time, people will react this, this viscerally. And as I say, it may be 50 years, and when I say that, I'm just saying I'm not making any kind of a, a promise or anything like that. I'm not threatening. I'm just You saying, don't know the form it'll take, but... No, I don't know the form. I'm, I'm just saying, no, the, to me, yeah. that we've been in a war with Jews for a couple of hundred years now, certainly since Karl Marx. And uh, in, in the last century, 100 million people were lost, many of them whites in, in the Ukraine and the Gulag, and those were white people, not Jews. So don't mix up Jews with white people. I'm just telling you, it may, get, it may get worse before it gets better the way it's looking in our country. We're dead serious about this stuff. And, and if you think that, that this is more uh, vacuous than pimp my ride, well, you know what? You're going to wake up because uh, <laughs> we're dead serious about it. I want to... Uh Remind our listeners to check the website uh, rememberlindsay.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. Uh, another hush crime. Uh, it's it's very topical and it's also very telling. That's the, the Boninsall that we were just speaking about right there. What's her last name? Right, Boninsall. Lindsay, Lindsay Boninsall, and this is the one who was cut up by this James E. Cook that uh, changed the interviews about. So that's right. that's her memorial site. It's not going to stop until we do something about it. Uh, we are the good guys, and um, yeah, you need to get on right. the right side of the fight here. So, till next we time, America, I'm wishing you the best of goodbyes. The Aryan Alternative, news and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Issue 2 is available now. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. You're listening to Vanguard Radio.